Hi, I'm Emily. And I'm Joni. And this is the Grow Where You're At podcast. Where we discuss all things Appalachian and country. Now set yourself on down and learn a thing or two. And maybe laugh a time or two. Now let's hop to it. Hey, how's it going? Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Fair to middling, I might say. I was about to say, I'm sitting here making notes for next week's episode, and that was one of the words I put down. Fair to middling. Fair to middling. Yes, next week is going to be a fun little intermission from all the working stuff we're talking about. It is, and hopefully it'll shed some light on a lot of things. Yes, because we're going to do Appalachian folklores and sayings and the like. Yes. And I'm excited about it. Me too. I'm just tickle pink. <laughs> I'll write that down. <laughs> like a possum eating poop in the moonlight. You writing that one down too? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think we're going to have fun doing this next week episode. That's for sure. Yes, we are. Are we going to start with our blooming Minute or our Word of the Week? I was about to say, let's do the blooming Minute first, because the Word of the Week might take a minute. <laughs> mm. So what is your blooming Minute for this week, Miss Emily? My blooming Minute is, I've been just trying, I've been getting by. I've been going through and working on getting rid of clothes that I either don't wear or can't wear anymore and making sure that they find homes. And I'm just trying to make sure I've got kind of like, um, I have more time to spend on household chores. So I guess I've been working in the house a little bit more since the weather cooled off. So That's my blooming minute. What's your blooming minute, Miss Joni? Well, I mean, that sounds like a good thing to do. I'm doing all the stuff we're going to talk about today, you know, with our fall homestead chores. So I've been working on some of that stuff and just trying to get everything in line and in order and cleaned up. And, you know, because summer was our busy time and we've got this little bit of a lull before we get into you know, fall and wild game and everything else. So this is my, okay, stop, breathe. Let's get this house straightened back out. (laughs) That was kind of my whole thing is I was like, okay, I actually have time to fold the laundry now, not just wash it and put it in a pile. (laughs) Yes. It will no longer just be in the laundry basket. (laughs) Mine was just, I'm not even in the laundry basket anymore. Mine was just in a pile over there sitting on some stuff. And I'm like, if you need clothes, there it is. It's clean. 
You gotta do what you gotta do in that busy summertime. I'm telling you. You do the the ones that I find so hilarious though, and if you can do it and stay organized and do all these things like these people, I'm getting ready to say, like. But if you get on Instagram or Pinterest or Facebook or any of the social media and these people are showing you that they're hardworking and they're harvesting and they're keeping their house perfectly clean and they're doing all these things, either they have help behind the scenes or they ain't showing you the whole picture because that is not real life. No, no, it is not. We have messes and we clean those messes up as we can. <laughs> That is true. That is true. Or either that or they're more disciplined to be able to do all of the things that they do and they show you. Because I am not. Shoot, me neither. You know, because, you know, especially with us, you know, when we when we can and harvest in the garden and we do all these other summertime chores you know you're only one person and I don't care who you are if you're not I mean if you've got anything else going on something's got to give somewhere and usually for me and like Emily I know hers too it's like those little things that don't necessarily have to be perfect like Laundry gets left in my laundry basket. It's clean. I pull it out of the dryer. It goes in the basket. If you need it, that's where it's going to be. <laughs> exactly. That's just kind of how I am. Like, not the only thing that I actually am disciplined enough to keep clean in the summertime is my kitchen. And that's because I use it all the time. Exactly. So, exactly. Everything else will get done when it gets done, usually in the wintertime in the fall. When it gets cold, because I don't go outside much when it's cold. Exactly. Same here. But this week's Appalachian Word of the Week is going to be a little bit tricky because, and I'm just going to give this forewarning, we use this so often that we don't really think about how to define these words most of the time. And some of them are clear-cut and dry, and you're, you know, we can define them pretty simply. But then every once in a while we come across those words, we're like, well, I don't know how to explain that because it's got so many uses. And so this week, I think we're just going to be telling you, like, how to use it in a sentence, pretty much. <laughs> and then the sentence kind of defines how, what the word is. It's kind of like holler from last week. Yes, but this week's word is lick. One more time. Lick. Yes. Tony, do you want to start with the? Do you want to start with a definition, or do you want to start with a sentence? Well, it can mean like a salt lick, which. You know, some people will think, well, salt lick is like a mineral block for cows. Yeah, that's a salt lick. But a salt lick is also a reference to a, a spring that's got a lot of minerals in it. That's a lick. Or, Miss Emily's turn. You can hit a lick, which means give me a turn. Or, 
Let me add Let me add it. Or it could mean something like, he won't hit a lick, which means he won't work. Which leads to, ain't worth a lick. Because <laughs> anybody over a certain age remembers the Trisha Yearwood song. Her daddy says he ain't worth a lick. Well, yeah, that means he ain't no good. <laughs> yes, exactly. He ain't worth the... He he just ain't worth much. He ain't got... He ain't worth it. He ain't worth his salt. No. And then the so last that, one... Yeah. The last one is down the road a lick, which... That's a distance. Now, how long that distance is, I don't know. But it's down the road a lick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's why it's so hard for us to give you actual definitions. Because, as you can see, it can mean everything from a, a crick to a try to a distance to... It just depends on, you know, the context the word's used in <laughs> It is. It just it's a it just varies in the way that you use it in a sentence is varies the definition of it, so Yeah, we'll we'll try to add a few more of those multi use words in next week too. I think it's needed. Yeah, me too. Cause you know the Appalachian language, which we'll get into more next week, is, you know, it's basically old English mixed with some German, Scotch, Irish, you know, all the Appalachian settlers, you know, we're our own language and we're the old fashioned language pretty much. Yes. But that's for next week. This week we're talking about the fall homestead chores. In which nobody likes chores, but they all have to be done. And this is not, I feel like these are not just limited to the homestead. They are just fall chores in general for anybody. Yes. Some of them are more specific for those that garden and don't garden for people who have animals and don't have animals. But overall, in general, you know, I agree with Miss Emily too, the... It's just a fall list of things that we always take into account for and hopefully will remind you to take into account for, too. Agreed. Because there are times, like, you know, when you and I were talking earlier that I was like, oh, crap, I need to add that to my list. Yes. We have went over these lists beforehand. We usually try to have a... um our version of a, a chat and before we record and we actually have went over these lists like, oh, I need to remember to do that. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So is there one that you want to start with that you feel like is pertinent and that needs to be done? Like, before all the others are done, or do you just want to dive right in and tell us what's number one on your list? Well, my number one, I don't think 
that any one of them is more important than the other one. But I would say the number one thing on my list for now is seed saving because we are coming out of harvest and we do have things that have gone to seed that we can harvest and dry. So, you know, for a lot of us gardeners and if you're a first time gardener, that is one of those things that, you know, once you get into it more, you're going to be leaving something in your garden that you can grow just for seed. So, you know, um, like green beans, you can leave some on the vines, let them, you know, get to that leather britches stage, or you can pick them and sow them and make leather britches and harvest your seeds. You can have extra tomatoes. You can get, you know, cut up and get the seed out of those and things like that. But you always want to do clean your seeds off. You don't want any of the stuff left on there to mold them. And then you're going to make sure that they're fully dry. And then you're going to store them somewhere dark and dry. Yes. And it's also a really good time when it's cold to, um, you know, in these slower months, you you have a little more time to organize your seed saving and stuff like that. You do. I agree. That winter time is usually whenever I take my seed inventory. But, you know, I usually, Davey gets mad at me usually every year when we have corn because I pick out the biggest and prettiest ears of corn. And that's what I say for my seed. And he usually gets mad at me because he wants to eat those ears. And I'm like, you're not eating those. So. Yes. And and also, I, I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit, but this is also the time of year where you can find a lot of seeds on sale. And if they were made for this year, a lot of times, you know, you can get a pretty good deal on seeds that you can just plant in the spring. So yeah. I also like. I also like to look for seed sales this time of year. So, I agree. Now, the I mean, in some cases, the germination rate could be decreased. But overall, in general, the seed sales in the fall, that's where it's at. Yes. And, you know, and I'm talking like different breeds of tomatoes and stuff that you're going to start indoor anyway. You, you know, and we're... You know, when we start tomato plants inside, we're usually starting around 40. And if we end up with like, you know, 30 of them coming up, then we're doing good. And I mean, that 30 making it to the point of planting them outside in the garden. That's a pretty good rate. Yes. So to me, when you're buying seeds like that, I mean, it's worth it, so, but that is my number one thing on my list is to do seed saving and to find seed sales and the such. I like it. I like it. And then, this was a good one from Miss Emily. I'll let you tell them about the um, seller checks and stuff. Okay, so, yeah. One of the things that would be beneficial to do, especially this time of year, post-harvest, you know, when everything's slowed down, is you're going to want to go through and you're going to want to recheck anything that you may have root cellared or anything like that or you've put away in a cooler storage area. Make sure you didn't miss any bad ones. Make sure you don't have any ones that are going bad because the old saying, one bad apple ruins 
the box, it, it holds pretty true. So you want to go through and you want to check all of your roots and make sure nothing's actually going bad. And if it are, discard it. You know, just keep a close eye on that. But also, you're going to want to go through any of your preserved stuff, like your canned goods, and just make sure that you don't have any seals that have been broken or any questionable looking food in there because you want to go ahead and discard that not be the middle of winter and go in to your pantry or wherever your food storage is and realize that you've got three jars that are sitting on your on your shelf and they've gone rancid so just kind of go through do a do a pretty thorough once over and just make sure that you don't have any food spoiling and always remember if in doubt throw it out yes ma'am Um, then we have, um, pretty much preparing for winter. Um, if you compost, which is a good way, I know a lot of people are unsure about composting. Some people are barely getting into it and some people are getting into it pretty good now. Um, but compost needs, you know, a certain amount of brown to green. And, you know, a lot of us, when we harvest our garden off that's a lot of greenery going into our compost piles or compost bins and so it needs some brown and uh when the leaves start falling really good that's a good source of brown that the compost piles need so especially this time of year you're going to want to get those put in and turned into your compost um and then you can use that compost and you know, if you do have some ready to go, you can put that on your flower beds, your garden beds, whatever, to help um, help the soil over winter. Yes, it's going to, that compost and stuff like that's going to help the bio, I can't even think of the word for it, but it's really going to help the microorganisms in the soil. Yes. You're, you know, you're, you're not only putting like um, natural fertilizer into the soil for winter. It's going to leach into your soil. It's going to put in, uh, nitrogen and phosphorus and potassium and all those healthy things that we want back into the dirt that was used to grow your garden this year. Yes. And then, you know, you're also going to want to mulch around any young fruit trees and things that you have to help them and nobody wants to be out there playing in the snow trying to make sure that their trees are okay so fall is the time to be mulching yes um you can also um plant your garlic if you are interested in planting garlic you plant it in the fall and it'll be ready next fall Garlic has a really long growing season, at least here. It's <laughs> If you plant it this fall, you're ready to harvest next fall most of the time. Or so, I think, what is it, midsummer, stuff like that. You know, whenever you pull out your spring, whenever you pull out your onions, usually the garlic you planted in the fall is usually ready around that time, maybe a little bit later. Yes. Um, you can also plant fruit trees in the fall. Um that helps them to establish over winter and it doesn't stress them as much. 
Um, but fall is also the time that you would prune existing apple trees and grapevines and the like. So, Yes. I've not gotten to that stage yet, but I'm pretty, I'm working towards getting to where I can, you know, I have spots set aside to where I can put my, my grapevines and my berry bushes and stuff like that in the ground. So hopefully we'll get that done in the next little bit. Yes, because there's nothing quite like it except for years like this year, you know, we had a, um, a very warm early spring which it happens every once in a while which was okay but then we had that late snap of cold and it killed all the blossoms and as you know on like everything if the blossom dies then you're not getting fruit so we didn't get any apples or peaches or grapes or cherries or anything this year so I was salty about my cherries yes Yes, I was salty. I'm still about salty. It because, oh, I know because I usually like have more cherries than what I know what to do with, and like I was so mad because I didn't have a black cherry, I didn't have a red cherry. The cherry tree right here at my house, it didn't do nothing. I got like three cherries off of it, and they were so bitter. And I was, I'm still salty about it. My apple tree down there didn't produce, and I'm salty about it. Yes, I got one black heart cherry off of the tree i think the birds got the rest and that wasn't many um mm. my my apple tree had one apple on it and by the time i found it the bugs had already eaten it and i was like well at least somebody got to enjoy it, <laughs> it yeah and like i this kind of leads into Next week's episode, just a little bit, so bear with me, but there's an old saying that says, leave an apple on the tree to keep the old devil away. I had three apples on my golden delicious or my old-timey, I call them antique apples down there, and I was like, you know what, I guess the deer and the devil can have those because I'm not about to go down there and harass that tree for three apples. Yep. So. Yep. It was... It was a, a year for the fruit trees and the berry plants and all that. So, hopefully next year will be better, though. But, on the flip side of that, it was a wonderful year for root crops. It was. We're getting off topic. We are, as <laughs> always. <laughs> as always. But, if anybody listens to these, they know we're going to get off topic a little bit somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Yes, we always get off topic. Um, make sure that you are disconnecting your outside water hoses and draining those and getting a cover for your outside water spigots so they don't freeze. See, I jump back on topic. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, those are all very important. And, you know, especially where we're getting cool cool nights and it's kind of warm during the day you know you may need to use those water hoses during the day but always make sure you disconnect them and drain them at the end of your day that way they don't freeze and you don't have busted hoses and stuff like that because there's nothing worse than going to try to water your animals and you've got water shooting 
the water hoses shooting geysers up. Because nobody likes yes. to get sprayed by that stuff, especially when it's cold. No. And, you know, that's one of those things where, you know, especially for, you know, we have chickens and we have, you know, Emily has a farm sanctuary where she's got every animal. <laughs> but, <laughs> anyway, you know, you do have to have water supply and it is so much easier to just go ahead and make sure that you have that drained out and covered so that your water going into your house or, you know, your uh, water hose uh, nozzles not busted because it's gotten so cold at night that it's frozen. That's another expense that you do not need when it can just take you a couple extra minutes to make sure you're disconnecting your hoses and covering things. And Agreed. Agreed. Um, the next thing on my list is to make sure your equipment is running. Um, fall is that time of year where, you know, you want to make sure that your chainsaw is running in case you do have, you know, a tree that needs to be cut up or um, you need to cut more firewood if you burn firewood, which is kind of a, a different thing. But, yes, if you need firewood, you need to make sure you have your stock in. But you want to make sure your chainsaws are running, your tractor is running. Um, if you have a tractor for, you know, pushing your snow and helping around your homestead, um, generators for those cold winter months and things. Um, and I just it's just wanna, a, yeah, I just need to add to that. Make sure your antifreeze is good in it. And if you run diesel, make sure you've got the proper additives in it to keep it from gelling. Yes. Make sure that your primer bubbles are okay. Make sure that your fuel lines are okay. Make sure that, you know, everything Perfect. is in working order before the cold actually hits. Yeah, you want to do that. Just a little bit of preventative maintenance can save you a whole lot of trouble in the long run. Yes. Which also leads us back to another home short that if you do burn firewood make sure that you're taking the time now before we actually have to get into that you know wood burning season to clean your chimney yes make sure you clean that chimney and clean it good you because can either nobody wants a flu fire exactly and flu fires lead to house fires and nobody needs that either no so you can buy chimney sweeping kits or there are services in certain areas that will do chimney sweeping for you. But, you know, um, that's one of those things that sometimes when people have never burned firewood before, they do not think about this. But, you know, all that soot from especially certain woods that you burn, it will come up and stick in the chimney and you do need to clean it out. Yes. It's also a good time to check your doors, windows, etc. for drafts. Um, you know, if you have a drafty window that's letting your heat out, I mean, buy a window insulation kit for a couple bucks, throw it up, keep your heat in. Um, same with doors, you can get some weather stripping and make sure the weather stripping around your doors are good. Um, that way you're, you know, 
your heat stays in and you're not trying to heat the inside and the outside because you'll go through either a lot of oil, a lot of firewood, or a lot of electricity trying to heat inside and out in these cold months coming. Yes, you will. And believe me, I know. Yes. Um, I also have um, Canon on my list, and I know y'all are probably tired of hearing us talk about Canon, but you know, a lot of the stuff that we put up and froze during the uh, summer months, you know, um, we can take out and make like beef stews to can or soups to can or whatever. And you can use some of those things that you put back in the freezer and pull them out and turn them into something else and can it. Plus, you've got wild game um, that's going to start coming in in the next, you know, couple months that you can can and things like that yes agreed and you know all, all that stuff that you may have put in the freezer back during the summer because you didn't have time to deal with it then is going to be taking up valuable space because it is coming on to meat harvesting season so you're kind of going to want to need that freezer space for meats and stuff like that so it might be a good time to pull that stuff out and go ahead and get it canned up or make jerky out of it or fruit leathers or something like that out of it yes but our number one thing i believe on both of our lists was just preparing for winter and you know for each of us it's a little bit different but you know for me it's this time of year, you know, you want to make sure that you have a working smoke detector in your home. You want to check your batteries this time of year. Um, you want to get an emergency supply box together. You know, things like a NOAA weather radio, candles, um, you know, all those things that would come in handy if you did have a power outage or something did happen that you needed, you know, to be able to go without power for a few days you know yes and then you know also water supply so even if that is getting you an aquatainer um collecting rainwater having a couple extra jugs of water some extra bottled waters whatever you need to do to make sure that you have a water supply for the winter in case you need it. Which also segues into if you have animals, making sure that you have their feed and a water supply and things like that sorted out. You know, if you have small animals, you want to make sure that you have an insulated water container or insulated water trough or a way to defrost and de-ice those water containers for your animals. Yes, and let me just add something that I have learned from experience is that if you do have to bust ice, make sure you bust the complete top of it and make sure you get all of that ice off the top of it because if not, you're going to have a container frozen solid full of ice that's going to take till June to thaw out. So just yes. if you do have to bust ice just make sure you're busting it completely and getting all of that ice or most of that ice off of the top don't pour water on top of that ice no because depending on what you're using too a lot of the old school like plastic 
trough buckets will split. <laughs> they will bust. They will. Um, and I think the only other thing that I wanted to say was your, um, we were talking about hobby supplies. Um, and it's not necessarily just hobby supplies, but like craft supplies and things. Um, a lot of people like, we'll use Miss Emily, for example, Miss Emily, she, in the winter time, crochets everything from dish scrubbers to blankets to boggins to everything <laughs> so and for her that's an extra source of income um and also home use things and the like so a lot of us you know in winter when it slows down we get a chance to do those things that will either a make us extra income or b make our home run smoother yes and if it's not making you that little bit of extra income it it may be saving you some income because you're not having to buy for example dishcloths if you learn to crochet them not saying everybody should learn to crochet that's just a hobby of mine and it's something to occupy my hands um but you know if you're into whatever kind of craft you're into make sure you have the appropriate supplies that you need yes and i cannot crochet i've tried i get lost i could try knitting i get lost i will leave that to a professional miss emily <laughs> and personally and go, go ahead <laughs> i was just saying personally it's just too complicated which everybody's like it's simple no I overcomplicated or something because I cannot get it. And that's okay because it took me years to master it. And now I have people like watch me because I'll be watching TV or doing something and I'm crocheting and everybody's like, how are you doing that without looking the same way that you can sit there and work across stitch or you can paint or you can do something like that. It's just because I do it so much. It becomes a fluid motion. But I've been crocheting for seven or eight years, so I always yes. have crocheting supplies or I have some kind of crafting supplies. I like fibers, any kind of fiber. Yes. So I make sure that I have lots of crafting supplies during the winter. Yes. And I like to... I just piddle. I do a lot. <laughs> I've tried pretty much every hobby you can think of. Some of them are for just pure enjoyment. Some of them are for actual use. But in those winter months where you're not outside all day and you do not have a whole lot to do, you're going to either take up baking and freezing your goods. You're going to take up baking or you're going to take up a hobby like crochet, knit, paint, uh, rug making. We've we've done it Wilton. all. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, just make sure you've got stuff to occupy your hands to keep you from getting that cabin fever. Yes. Especially here because we do get quite a bit of snow and ice and very cold days. So 
there are days that we go out to feed animals and are back in the house and are staying there for the rest of the day. <laughs> yes, exactly. And since you mentioned feeding the animals, there's a couple of other things I want to touch on when we talk about animal chores. Um, yes, ma'am. Make sure you've got the appropriate feed your animals need. So I have larger livestock. So Davy and I have to make sure that we have hay to feed and we have to make sure we've stockpiled the right amount of hay so we don't have to purchase hay now if you have to purchase hay that's a whole different ball game but make sure you've purchased enough hay or your hay dealer and that's exactly what i'm going to call it because it's the hay man the hay dealer whatever you want to call it make sure that they have the ability to load the hay onto whatever vessel you're transporting it in be it the back of a truck or a trailer and make sure that you guys have a way to, that, to get the hay that your animals are going to need. Also, try to stock up on the feed, whether you're feeding grain, which is what I feed to my lambs and my horses and my calves. So I make sure I have, you know, two to three work, weeks worth of grain in the event that I can't get to the store to get that grain. Or if you feed chickens, make sure they have their feed and stuff like that. Just kind of like slowly but surely don't put yourself in a bind. But stockpile that, that feed up for your animals as well as for yourself. You know, just yes. do a final check to make sure you've got the hay you need. You've got the water that you need. Or you've got a way to get water to them. You know, make sure you've got feed and a way to get that feed to them. And bedding. Bedding, yes. And so... You know, make sure you've got all of that taken care of. Mm -hmm. Yes, especially, you know, um, colder weather means, you know, those small things that you can take care of before the snow starts flying or the temperatures start hitting zero. Those are things that you can take care of ahead of time to make it easier on yourself. Yes. Make sure you've got, I'm going to say it, this wasn't on our list, but make sure you have the appropriate winter clothes. If you've got your winter clothes stored up in the attic, now's a really good time to go up there and get those down. Or if you need to pull your winter clothes from the back of your closet and put them to the front of your closet, now's a good time to do that. Yes, make sure you go through, make sure you've got everything that you need. It's honestly, it's like everything else, every other season on the homestead i believe is the way i would put it is the more you can prepare now the better off you'll be in the long run so a well-prepared person will be ready for anything and you know we all slip and forget something here and there somewhere every now and then but with everything slowing down now is the time to be like okay what do i need to do now what do i need to take care of that is going to save me a little bit of time heartache breaking hurting in the cold yes what's gonna save me 10 minutes whenever it's blue blazes cold outside and i don't want to be out here the animals don't want to be out here like the weather don't even want to be out here What's going to save me, you know, 10 extra minutes? Go ahead and prepare for that. Or at least try to get that infrastructure or 
that plan together of what you're going to do whenever it is cold outside and you just want to go back inside and crawl up into bed. Yes. And, and a good example of that is, you know, during the summer months, I daily feed my chickens um, and let them forage and things. You know, they can't forage in the winter. So I do have a feeder that will give them, I can fill that up and it will last them for about a week. Um, and that saves me time, effort, and energy because I also have them a waterer that will last them about the same amount of time. So when it starts getting colder, I can just fill up the feeder and the water on the same day. And then, you know, I don't go a whole week without checking on my chickens. I'm not saying that, but you don't have to worry about, you know, so much in depth. You're just checking to make sure that the water's not frozen and that they are not out of feed. Versus exactly. trying to fill that up or feed them every day, you know, kind of where I'm at. I'm at a spot to where my chickens are free range. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hank is laying in the floor snoring. It sounds like he's cutting like a forest down. Um, but I'm fortunate here to where I can feed my chickens a little bit extra, but they can still get out and scratch around and, you know, forage if they want to, but they don't have to, you know. So I do have that because feeding my chickens is like how I wake up in the morning. Don't talk to me till I've had my coffee and fed my chickens. So. <laughs> <laughs> but there is one more thing, and I think – this will probably be the last thing I'm going to say about the homestead chores is everybody needs to take care of themselves. And this is the time where you get to enjoy some downtime and you get to be creative and you get to create things that you can use or you can sell or what be it, whatever hobby craft that you pick up and just and try to enjoy a little bit of time for yourself. Yes, and, you know, just self-care is important, like we talked about last week, and sometimes, you know, when all of our other needs are met, we have time to actually participate in self-expression, and then some, that could be dyeing your hair, if it's my case, my self-expression comes in the form of some kind of fiber arts and crafts, whether it be with fabric, whether it be with yarns, or beads, or something like that, that's when I really get to express myself through my creativity. So just make sure you're, you're saving space to be that, to be creative somewhere in there. Yes. I love to paint. I'm not very good at it, but I love to do it. And it is just something that allows me to just be, and I'm not rushing to do 6 million things at once. So I like to paint. I like to, you know, try to do a little bit of different things just to have that outlet of, okay, I'm taking this time for me and this is what I'm doing. Yes, it's a little bit of constructive chaos is kind of what I call it because I'm creating something and it helps calm the chaos that is in my mind sometimes. Yes, but next week, we're going to be doing a show all about 
Appalachian sayings and folklore. We're just going to give y'all like a little sneak peek into that. And it'll be a fun one, I believe. Yes, I agree. And um, I actually have had one of my old high school teachers. I had messaged her earlier and asked her if she could help us on how to define the word lick. And she actually said it would it could mean a small bit, por- part, or portion, just like we said earlier. So, she she gave us an example was, I like cauliflower, but I don't care a lick for broccoli. <laughs> I like that one. I was about to say I like that one, and she just messaged me that, so I figured I would, I would share that, that we have a, yet another way to use the word lick in a sentence. Yes. And, you know, that is one of those things, you know, like we said, it's it's so hard sometimes because we're so used to saying things that when somebody asks for a definition, it's like, well, do they mean it this way or do they mean it that way? <laughs> How did they use it in the sentence? Yes. You can't just ask what a word means. You have to tell us the whole entire story so we know exactly what you mean. <laughs> Right, and don't give us the half story. Give us, like, you're going to have to give us the full context of how we use they use this word. A, a direct and, quote would be the perfect. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and I think, what, week after next, we're going to talk about the wild game and preservation and preparation of wild game. Yes, ma'am. So next week is all about Appalachian sayings and words and folklore. And week after next, we're going to be touching on wild game because, as y'all know, it's hunting season. Yes, ma'am. So hopefully, 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 hopefully everybody enjoys this episode and comes back to join us for the next couple because I think they're going to be awesome. I think they're going to be awesome because we all are going to have to deal with another passion of mine, which is wild game. So, <laughs> and I love folklore. And I was about to say, I love anything Appalachian and folklore. So, yes. So, what is your blooming minute for this week, Miss Emily? Well, we already did our blooming minute. Our uh, growing minute. What we, sorry. What are we growing? Um, I think I'm just going to work on making sure that my wood supply is stocked up, making sure that, you know, I'm as prepared for winter as I need to be, but also going through those clothes like we talked about earlier, making sure that clothes I don't wear, can't wear, have found homes, and that I have pulled all of my winter clothes from the back of the closet and put towards the front, and I'm just going to try my best to be as prepared as possible for the upcoming winter. I believe mine probably be about the same. I think I'm getting ready to harvest some chickens and get them in the freezer. So in order to do that, I need to do like we said, (laughs) these are all, and you know, if anybody doubts the stuff that we tell you, this is what we do on the daily. But I still have to my, go dig my taters. Yes, and I'm getting ready to go through my mine in my cool storage and get my freezer cleaned up so I can have room for when I call out chickens. Um, 
and trying to get that done this week because we are going experiencing some cooler weather where we're at and so we are i've had a fire for the past what two or three nights so yes we've done got our first freezes and stuff going on i was about to say i walked out this morning and there was a light frost so yes so for us it's getting all these things in motion that we've you know we've abandoned for summer yes so we're just gonna try to get ourselves back on track and back to doing what we need to do yes ma'am but until next week and hopefully hopefully we'll get some things done between now and then (laughs) we'll update next week (laughs) Yes, we have gotten a wedding out of the way now, and we've gotten harvest season out of the way, and things are starting to slow down outside the home, so now is time to focus on the home. Yes, it is. I agree. But I think that's all I got to say this week. How about you? I think that's all I got for this week, too. All right, y'all. If y'all got any comments, questions, ideas, things we might have missed this week, shoot us a message. Leave us a comment. Go to the Facebook page. All the above. And just let us know what we need to cover, you know, next. Yeah. Yeah. If y'all have any ideas on things y'all want to hear us talk about, leave us a message. And we'll holler at y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. It's real and it's raw. Now go forth and be barefoot and feral. And most importantly, remember to grow where you're at. Bye.